0: You're listening to the Think Live Repeat podcast, a place for people who are looking for simple and actionable ways to bring their lives to the next level. I'm your host, John Skomsky. I want you to get ready for some amazing conversations as we dive deep into the minds of successful people, how they think intentionally and live differently. There's just two simple rules. Change doesn't have to be complicated and change begins with your mind. You literally possess the power to change the direction of your life so consider yourself warned if you're not ready to start growing today you might just want to turn this off now before it's too late welcome inward investors to another edition of the think live repeat podcast another outstanding guest today he's a two-time tedx speaker he's authored multiple books He's a podcast host of the Gonzo Experience, and he even claims to be the founder of Utopia. To be clear, that is the Utopia with a Y-O-U, and we'll get into that. But the man I'm talking about is David Mamano. David, thanks so much for joining us today. John, happy to be on the show. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, Dave, let's start. Let's talk about Utopia a little bit. So it's Utopia with a U Y What is it? What's your goal with it? What is it trying to uh, accomplish?
1: So Utopia was invented uh, at the beginning of this year. And the whole goal with it was to really be like an alternative to LinkedIn at first. Um, It started off by me getting really annoyed by all these um, uh, like kind of spammy LinkedIn messages I'm getting. Uh, I said to myself, my God, if I have another guy from overseas wanting to do my website who doesn't even know me, Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to flip out. Right. So it just became like this obnoxious marketplace in many respects. I still like LinkedIn. It's good for some things, but just, you know, the messages, it just, it just, it really lacked authenticity of community and connection for me. And um, so then I, I, you know, had the idea of starting Utopia, Y-O-U, Utopia Network, um, and uh, to to really create uh, a very special place, a very special community where heart-centered entrepreneurs uh, can connect, uh, you know, can collaborate. Uh, so the way we do it is: so you know, someone signs up, they become a member, they become a Utopian, we say, <laughs> and uh, you know, they, they they get a you know a special sign in to the website, and then the whole website you know uh, changes for them. It really becomes like a social media website mm-hmm. where they could post things, they could see other members, they could communicate. So. Um, and, and there's kind of like an unwritten rule that we're not going to, you know, like be obnoxious with each other. Uh, yet we do do business together, right? So, like for instance, we know someone that wanted to get more public speaking gigs, and and that you know another guy uh, does that for entrepreneurs. So they're doing business together, right? So that's happened a lot. Uh, so um, so we you know we can do business together, but the the you know the the tangible value of utopia is if you remember uh once a week every tuesday at noon eastern um i bring in a great speaker um you know it's it's online because we're, we're global we're all online we're global um i had a previous network called avanti that was in person in the pandemic put that on hold so I, i'm trying to create a pandemic proof model here
0: <laughs> and a lot of that going on
1: yeah, yeah. So it's global. It's online. Uh, so every Tuesday at noon we meet. Uh, you know, of course, online. And I bring in a speaker. I bring in great speakers like Jack Daly, one of the top sales trainers in the world. Uh, Helen uh, Greiner, who's the inventor of iRobot and uh, Roomba, the Roomba vacuum. So no kidding. Yeah. Well, one thing. One thing that um, I've done well over the years is you know, being an entrepreneur since 1995 is I was in a great organization called EO, Entrepreneur's Organization. And I got to meet like really like rock star entrepreneurs from around the world. Um, and then on my podcast, uh, I got to meet even more, right? Like I've had Grant Cardone on my podcast. I've had Ed Mylett on my podcast. yeah, Kevin Harrington, you know, who was one of the original Shark Tank guys. And uh, I've had uh, uh, Ellen Latham, the, the, the founder of Orange Theory Fitness, right? And I've had Helen Greiner, right? iRobot but So I've, I've developed a really great network of speakers uh, of just friends. So I have a lot of great speakers for, for Utopia. So they get a free training. Well, free. I mean, they pay for it. But there's a training every Tuesday at noon online. Uh, and that's that's incredible value right there. Uh, we also have masterminds. So these confidential kind of think takes, we do that once a month, break into smaller groups, you know, around eight, nine people. Um, and then, like I said, the, 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 um, uh, the website's great because it, it really works on having our members you know, collaborate, uh, build community with each other. Um, and then we're actually looking to do an event, a live event, in-person event this fall in Rochester. And uh, uh, so we're looking at planning that. And I think that would be the model is to have an annual event every year. Utopianetwork.com. Uh, they can learn more. I mean, the best the best way is you know set up a call with me, uh, a Zoom call, whatever, and we'll talk about it. Um, you know, and I'll just I'll throw in my email now. It's david at davidmamano dot com. Pretty simple, and uh, be happy to set up a call and go through it. And If it's a good fit,
0: great. If it's not, then you know you made a new new friend named Dave, and that's about it. So, <laughs> and Dave's a great guy. So you've been an entrepreneur, like you said, since the nineties here. So why don't you give the listeners here a little bit of your just overall background, how you got to the David Mamano of today, and then we're going to take a detour specifically your thoughts on entrepreneurship, but just kind of, yeah, give us a little background.
1: Yeah. You know, I grew up not knowing I was going to be an entrepreneur. I mean, I I went to the University of Buffalo to be a dentist. I was, I was you know, pre-dental, uh, did an internship, realized that I I did not like dentistry whatsoever and uh, changed my major, went to go work at the college newspaper, uh, sold ads, wrote, uh, love selling ads. Love print. This is you know ninety. This is early nineties. Print was still a thing. And then when I got out of college, I thought, well, I'll go to radio sales next, sell radio advertising, and then TV, which really kind of was the pinnacle at that time. This is pre-internet. So I, I went to radio, got a job here in Rochester uh, at a station called Wish ninety five, a very low rated station, but they you know they hire newbies. Uh, so I did radio for about three years. Liked it, never loved it. Uh, finally, uh, the entrepreneurial bug hit me where I had this idea to start a magazine for high school students uh, to help them with college, career and life planning. Uh, and it was called Next Step, Next Step Magazine. We changed it to Next Step U, the letter U. And uh, it became a hit. We ended up uh, uh, giving free distribution to high schools all over the country. We sold advertising to make our revenue. Oh, wow. Wow. Um, you know, we grew it through franchising to, uh, we were in every state, 20,000 high schools, five times a year, website, all that stuff, of course. So no kidding. um, I sold that in 2016. Then I started Avanti, which kind of means next step in Italian, means move forward. And uh, that started out as a coaching program for entrepreneurs, taking my my experience as an entrepreneur that, you know, did a lot of things right and a lot of things wrong. And, you know, that's kind of my... Uh, uh, you know, uh, credibility to be a coach is, you know, I did it. Right. And, uh, so started Avanti and then, uh, then we started doing live events, you know, in-person events for the entrepreneurs, uh, coaching program, my podcast. Well, the events became very, very popular and that, that, that kind of morphed into the core value of Avanti where people would pay an annual membership fee and we would have a monthly event, uh, in Rochester, uh, and you know, it was after work, uh, and the first half was beer, wine or networking. The second half was a speaker, great speaker, right? Um, we got it up to about a hundred members, started licensing it to different cities. We got it into Buffalo, Toronto, Burlington, Vermont, uh, New York city and New Jersey. And, uh, and then the pandemic hit, right? So in-person events, no longer the rage. And, uh, so we, of course, moved everything online. And for a while, people were showing up, but then it just drifted off. You know, people, I think, were getting Zoomed out. We're having bad turnout. So I uh, put it on hold. And, uh, uh, you know, and then just to have fun during COVID, I ended up changing the name of my podcast from uh, uh, the Avanti Entrepreneur Podcast uh, to the Gonzo Experience. Now, Gonzo was my college fraternity name. Uh, so I having a little fun with that. Uh, and then as far as the business, Avanti, um, coming out of COVID, you know, God willing, uh, rebranded that too. Wanted to just have a fresh start, uh, create something that was global, online, you know, ideally pandemic proof. And, uh, and so that became Utopia, just a fresh new brand. Uh, We have members from four different countries right now. Um, And it's, uh, you know, so when you're in a mastermind, you know, usually you're local and everybody's from your same town. These are great because, you know, my mastermind, you know, there's somebody from Spain, there's somebody from Canada, there's somebody from Dubai, right? Yeah. And uh, so you get definitely, you know, great, uh,
0: uh, different global perspectives uh, as far as experience sharing and advice. Sure. So you are steeped in this this mindset of entrepreneurism. You 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 are an m- entrepreneur. I'm curious on your perspective in higher ed. You know, you, you also have some experience there, adjunct professor and whatnot. What's your take on how college prepares, or maybe doesn't prepare, young people for being entrepreneurs? And is there anything we can do to help facilitate entrepreneurship in younger people?
1: Yeah, so uh, I think they're doing a great job. Uh, I mean, when I, you know, started uh, Next Step back in '95, you know, there I I, I had never heard of a, of a college course in entrepreneurship. Right? It's still so it was this thing that, you know, people who didn't fit in at a corporation would do. And it wasn't as, as like big as it is today, you know. I think the Internet made a lot of people more comfortable becoming entrepreneurs. Uh, so, you know, since then, you know, fast forward, uh, you know, 20 plus years, you know, most colleges do have some pretty uh, intensive programs in entrepreneurship. You know, I'm here at the U of R. And uh, I mean, it's it, the, the place is just you know, integrated with entrepreneurship. They actually have a center called the AIN Center for Entrepreneurship. And their role is to infuse the whole school, not just a school of business, but all the departments with entrepreneurship. So like, for instance, the School of Education, like, you know, how can, uh, you know, uh, future teachers, you know, be entrepreneurial in their thinking? You know, you don't have to be, you don't have to start a business, You know, you could be, you could have entrepreneurial thinking. And I think that a lot of colleges are, are working hard to, to make that happen. Uh, You could be, you know, uh, they call it an entrepreneur. you know, being entrepreneurial within a business. So, so um, RIT, Nazareth, Fisher, a lot of the local schools are doing a lot with entrepreneurship. So I got to, I got to give them credit. Um, You know, and then there's some, uh, there's some programs that youth can get involved in. There's one that was founded here by Gail Diego, locally at the U of R. And then she took the program on her own. Uh, but it's called the Young Entrepreneurs Academy. And uh, it's pretty, pretty incredible program. Uh, so students uh, will, will uh, and their high school students will, you know, their families or whatever. And there's some scholarships, of course, will pay to be in a year long program where they actually start a business. They, you know, develop a whole business plan pitch deck. Uh, they, you know, if they need to raise money, they, but they, they launch a business you know uh and you know, imagine doing that at age like 15 pretty cool right and then you actually pitch your business yeah you, know, you pitch your business to investors there's an investor panel towards the end of the program you know the young adults can get uh, uh money for their business uh, it's pretty crazy it's pretty pretty amazing yeah you know and then of course there's the uh, uh the, the global organization junior achievement uh which is incredible as well that's been around and they they have a lot of programs for entrepreneurship too
0: nice so there is a lot out there and it's um You talked about the mindset of an entrepreneur. So here's a two-part question for you, because this is something I've kind of worked through in my own life in terms of being a business owner myself, but also kind of considering myself an entrepreneur in some ways. So A, do you distinguish between business owner and entrepreneur? And if you do, how? And then B, what are some key mindsets that you feel are essential to being an entrepreneur, you know, you have people like, okay, maybe 2020 was a, you know, they call it the great reset for many different reasons, but one thing we are seeing is a lot of people going out and launching a startup, a business, whatnot. What's the essential recipe to being able to do that?
1: Yeah. I I think the difference between a business owner and entrepreneur is so, you know, literally entrepreneur is, is a French word. And I forget what it, what it literally means, but it's something like making, making something out of nothing. Right. Right. So, you know, an entrepreneur is that is that mad scientist that is going to take that idea in, you know, his or her brain and find a way to get it out into the world through a business, right? So that's the, that's the kind of the, the, the true meaning of an entrepreneur when it relates to business, right? Uh, a business owner is, in my opinion, again, maybe somebody who took over a business, bought a business, uh, bought a franchise, or um, is not growing, not like they're, they're kind of fine with where they are. They don't want to, you know, like they call it a lifestyle business and uh, they're not really thinking of ideas of how to be different, better, faster, stronger, you know, scaling it, you know? Uh, You know, so, you know, I would say a daughter who takes over her father's insurance business is a business owner. Well, now if she says, Oh, I'm going to, you know, expand this business, different branches, you know, or different services, right? Well, now she's thinking. Now she's being entrepreneurial. You know, but if she's just you know maintaining her her dad's old list and maybe adding you know a few dozen new clients a year,
0: yeah, she's a business owner, right? Makes perfect sense. Yeah. As a business owner, as an entrepreneur, you you're, you need to be comfortable with risk. But I do think the risk entrepreneur is on the high end of the risk spectrum because, as you said, you're the mad scientist. You you're trying to create something out of nothing. You're taking ideas and making them, um, tangible or, or at least bringing them to market. Right. So, so to that then part two, then is, so what have you found to be some of the key mindsets that have got you to this point in in the entrepreneur world?
1: Well, my God, I mean, you, you really have to, uh, fight any negative demons in your head. Right. And, uh, and and negative influences and negative people, you know, uh, yeah. So, uh, you have to, you know, every day do things that make you, uh, better, you know, and, and, and that could, that often means, uh, you know, just listening to positive content, you know, whether it's podcast, YouTube, uh, audible books, right. Books on tape, books on tape. I'm showing my age audible and, uh, and, you know, starting your day, flooding your brain, which is positive, positive content, you know, exercising, right? Affirmations, visualizations, meditation, uh, you know, fresh air, walking outside, surrounding yourself with people that are going to bring you to the next level. You know, I mean, the first thing I did when I started Next Step Magazine is I created an advisory board. And, uh, you know, these, are, these were business owners that were really successful. And, you know, I wanted to be like them. And I wanted to learn from them. And I wanted to just, uh, you know, tr- train my brain with their thoughts. Right. Um, I would listen and I would listen to books on tape cassettes in the day uh, to people like Tony Robbins and Brian Tracy and Jim Rohn, you know, Yo, he
0: had the uh, all
1: these, these people that would just flood my brain with like inspiring positive thoughts and skills. Right. Um, and a lot of times you have to prune your rosebush. And what I mean by that is friends and sometimes family, it's time to move on if they're going to, you know, and a lot of times they're not being mean to you. They just don't get it. Right. They just don't get what you're doing. Uh, especially some family members like my, I was blessed because mine have always been very, very supportive, but I've known some people that have family members that, you know, and the, the mom or dad coming from a good place, they want, you know, safety for their son or daughter, but, uh, you know, they're, they're nervous. They're scared. They don't get it. Like, just go get a job, sell insurance, you know, make a hundred grand a year. It's safe. It's stable. And, uh, so that's what they're telling you because they're, they they do care about you. Uh, but in, you know, listen, you're not going to cut off your mom or dad or your sister or brother or cousin because they're saying those things. You might have to just tell them like, you know, like don't say those things to me because I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do that. I need to, if you're not going to inspire me, then let's just not talk about that. We'll talk about other things. You know, not if you have negative friends, negative influences, you might have to prune that rose bush. Um, Another thing too is is shut off the damn TV, you know, unless you're watching like The Office or a funny movie. There we go. <laughs> uh, shut it off, you know. Don't watch the news. Oh, I mean, the news is not the news anymore. I don't even know they call it the news. Uh, it is, it is opinion. It is commentary. It is entertainment. You know, the 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 past few years, I mean, uh, the you know, the, the networks have found out like, oh, if 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 we're uh, our base is this, so we're going to give them. All this great, you know, information, quote unquote, that is just going to like really turn them on and get them fired up and wanting more, whatever side, you know, you're whether you're watching CNN or MSNBC, they know their base, they know what's going to fire them up and they're going to position the news that way. Fox, same thing, right? And, um, you know, like, it's funny because you know, there'll be like one story and I'll watch Fox just for fun and see how they position it. You know, watch CNN to see how they position it. Now it's the same story, but you know, it's positioned a very different way, but either way they do it, it's designed to invoke fear and negativity and uh, anxiety. You don't need that. And it's, you know, most of the time what they're saying is simply not true either side. Right. You know, it's like one person's 10 people see a car crash. They all see it a different way. Right.
0: You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: So don't even try, I'm like I was in Vegas. Uh, I was hosting a conference there uh, about a month ago now. And it's funny, I left, I was checking out the room. I realized, I checked out with my TV. You know, you can do that online, check out with the TV. And I realized it was the first time in four days that I had actually turned on the TV. And I'm like, awesome, <laughs> you know? And, uh, you know, when I got to my room, you know, I would uh, I would talk to people, I would read, I would answer some emails, you know, whatever. I just didn't turn on the TV. I didn't miss it. Right. So it was, uh, and I think that's a good thing
0: for sure. Yeah. And it's to go back to your, you know, your point about the news, it's, it's simply, they're, they're looking at the base and they just try to reinforce whatever they want to hear. It's a, it's a feedback. It's an an echo chamber feedback loop. There's no, it's, it's no longer about, Oh, let's try to deliver a story. It's let's try to deliver a spin that will make our audience base happy with us and, and completely, you know, torque off the, opposite audience base and it's just this back and forth. And you want to talk about 2020 changing it. I personally think that was a year where a lot of it just got a lot worse. Right. And you contrast that with your books on tape, now Audible, right? Where, you know, Tony Robbins, Jim Rohn, you can talk about it, like Ed Milad just released a great book, you know, John Acuff, Roy Vaden, you go on if and and I've seen this personally in my own life over the last couple of years. Instead of focusing on news, podcasts and books like that. It's amazing you can start literally thinking differently through the content that you consume. And now I talk to people, family members, people I know who still like just live and die by the news, and it they're, it doesn't matter left, right doesn't red, blue they're all negative. It's just bad. Yes. So I I really do feel like if and going back to the entrepreneurship, I think you do need to intentionally be intentional about the content you consume. You only have so much time in a day, and make sure it's actually providing positivity and something you can implement not just creating anxiety and fear and anger and yeah, all of that I agree so so talking about speaking you were on the coveted twice coveted TEDx stage tell us about how you got that and then I guess tell us about making love in the workplace because uh I I, I, I laughed in fact the funny thing was as I my wife called I was watching that talk. And I said, I'm watching a video about making love in the workplace. She's like, oh, yeah, that's that sounds helpful. So uh, so tell us about that. How'd you land TEDx? Tell us about the talk. And, and yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, the TEDx things were serendipity. I mean, I do. I've done a ton of speaking over the years. Um, you know, I in, in my 20s, I, I uh, dabbled with a little stand up comedy. And uh, so I have no fear of crowds and, and speaking. Uh, and I always mix what I like to think is you know good content with some humor got to keep them got to keep them laughing to keep them engaged and uh, so the first one was back in cheese was a 2014 um, and that that was make love in the workplace um, and that was uh, a friend of mine locally in Rochester she was on the committee uh, for the, the TEDx that was in Rochester that year and she nominated me. she's like, oh I think Dave would be great and, and she' you know asked me if I wanted to do it and I'm like, of course. Tried out, whatever, got it, practiced, did it. Uh, and then years later, uh, I think the, the other TEDx I did was last year. It was twenty Late 2020 or early 2021. Um, that uh, I spoke to a class at RIT. Mm-hmm. And uh, a student, this young woman in the class, uh, happened to be from Dubai. And she was on the committee for putting together uh, TEDx in Dubai. Oh, wow. And she asked me if I wanted to do it. So of course, you know, this is in 2019. And, uh, so of course with the, uh, pandemic couldn't go there. Uh, so people that lived in Dubai were able to do it. Uh, you know, I did it via, I went to a, you know, professional production studio. My friend, uh, Scott Fitzgerald at rock Fox did it. And, uh, but that one was on leadership, you know, enduring leadership. So the leaders that we know today, you know, the the Abraham Lincolns of the world, the Mother Teresa's of the world, uh, the Gandhis, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, Martin Luther King, right? So, uh, and I it, there's a common theme there where uh, the purpose of their leadership was above their 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 own selves, right? So purpose above self. It wasn't about them. It wasn't about becoming famous. It wasn't about like Uh, Ego. uh, It was about the cause. And uh, a lot of them died because of that. Right. So, you know, Mother Teresa, she could have been a very happy nun at a nice convent someplace. And but, you know, she went to the poorest place in India and, you know, built a mission there from scratch, living in complete squalor. And, uh, it wasn't about, I don't think she said to her, I'm going to get famous by doing this. Like, no, it was about like truly helping some of the poorest people, kids too, you know, in the world. Uh, and now, you know, she's almost become a verb, right? Like, oh my God, what are you, mother Teresa? You know I mean? Like, (laughs) you know, she's a saint. Right. So, um, so that was my second talk. Love doing them. Um, I did, so I didn't even like actively try to find them. They found me, which, which Hmm. I loved it. Um. so the book, I've written three books. The first book was 101 Things You Can Do to Become an Outstanding Young Adult. That was my first book. I think that came out, geez, 2004. Uh, that book was about uh, uh, mostly uh, about uh, helping young people with with just life planning, right? Uh, the second book was Make Love in the Workplace. And that was all, so let's the one thing straight, Make Love in the Workplace, as you now know, is all about workplace culture. Right. So it's about tips and strategies, uh, takeaways to make, you know, create a more engaging workplace. Right. And uh, uh, so it, it started out by me writing uh, for a blog for the Democratic Chronicle, you know, when people still read that. Uh, and then I was like, wow, I have so many blog entries. I could like expand these in, into chapters and now I have a book. Uh, and then I did the, uh, the TEDx. Right. Uh, so um, and then my latest book is called Crash and Learn. Uh, and that came out, you know, great timing, March, 2020. Uh, oh, wow. yeah, I was supposed to do, you know, we supposed to do a big launch, but, uh, didn't work out that way. But, uh, so, uh, crash and learn is 10 different stories. And I'm one of them about entrepreneurs that, you know, grew a business big time, doing really well. Uh, but due to whatever extenuating circumstances, uh, everything went to pieces, but instead of, uh, you know, crashing and burning, uh, they picked themselves up and rose like the phoenix again. So it's all about crashing and learning. So that's my latest book.
0: Got it. Got it. So you wrote about several different people. What, whether it's your own story or one of the ones you wrote about, what is uh, what's the story that stands out? Because everyone, you know, we all love hearing success stories, but honestly, hearing a story of of, of failure. <laughs> It has. It's instructive because we can learn from it, but it also makes us feel like you know these these successful individuals are not untouchable. They're not like godlike people that just you know just succeed. All they do is win, win, win. So what's some what's one of those stories? Whether again, whether it's your own or one of the others that kind of stand out.
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, I, like you said, I won't talk about mine. But um, uh, so there's a local guy here in Rochester, uh, Justin Copey. He owns a company called Innovative Solutions. His story was great because. You know, he started out as an employee at Innovative Solutions. I think he was a co-op there from RAT and then employee um, and uh, ended up buying out the company, right? Buying out the owner. And so at a very young age, you know, I, I think it was like he was in his late 20s, maybe early 30s. But, you know, so very impressive. But, uh, you know, he had a vision for where he wanted to take the company. And it was different. I mean, they still were gonna be doing, you know, some of the same services, of course, but he wanted to, you know, expand the services and really create, you know, more of a of a of a vision for the company that uh was inspiring for uh you know, the 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 culture and so much more. He had like a big vision.
0: Yeah.
1: And I, I I think he realized like that, you know, some people had been there for a long time and maybe they wouldn't be okay with that vision. You know, it's hard, it's hard to it's hard to change, right? So he, you know, he did a very ballsy thing that he went to the whole a big company meeting, and he said, he explained. He goes like, "I'm going to take this, you know, this company to a place that is is very different from where we are today," and um, uh, and I want you to know it may not all you know be for all of you, maybe for some of you, but he goes, "But I don't want to make that decision." So he basically said like. Uh, uh, if you want to leave, if you want to stay, you know, so he he had this grace period where he just set out the vision and told people if it was the, if, 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 you know, if it's not the right fit, you know, you can leave and we'll figure out a transition plan. But he's very, he's graceful about it, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but kind of reset the company with some tough love, yeah. you know? And I'm sure, I don't know this for a fact, but I'm sure some of those people had been there for years and years and years. And it's true. I mean, some of the people that helped you get from A to B are not the people to get you from B to C and so on, you know? So Brian uh, Scudamore from what 800 got junk. He built that company from scratch with a team of like, you know, eight, 10 people. And then when it got to the point where he had to grow to the next level, he realized that those were not the right people to bring it to the next level. And these were friends. These were people that like blood, sweat and tears, help him launch it. And bold move. Like he like, he fired a lot of them, you know? And I, I can't imagine doing that myself because I'm too, like, sensitive. But but that from a, you know, a, like a uh, Harvard MBA case study, probably the right thing to do. You know, like separate the emotion from what you you know that needs to happen to get the company to the next level. Uh, so that's kind of what Justin Copey did. He talks about it in the book. The book, you know, Crash and Learn. Little plug, it's on Amazon. Not too, I think it's... I think we made it. I can't remember the price now. I think it's like less than 20 bucks. So, but it's really great. And it, each chapter is, uh, I mean, you, you could read a chapter a night, right? You can probably read two or three chapters a night. Uh, but I like it because it's, it's entrepreneurs getting raw and real, right? We're not like bragging about how great we are and look at our cars and houses and all that stuff. It's like, you know, we had it all, we messed it up, and here's how we got back. And so we're getting vulnerable again, we're getting raw and real. And, uh, so, so it's, uh, it's, it's kind of some good camaraderie, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. So it's interesting because I think if you talk to yourself, your own experience, those are the people you interviewed, Justin, et cetera, looking back, they'd say they had to crash and learn in order to get into, you know, that new next level of, of, of success. Right. So. Is it possible to learn from someone else's crash and, and avoid it altogether? Or, or or is it ultimately something where we need to have our own version of a crash at some point in order to get to where we ultimately need to go? Do you have any thoughts on that?
1: I would say both. You know, you definitely can avoid some crashes by learning, you know, um, and if you can, please do, please do avoid those crashes, right? You know, uh, and that's, that's one of the benefits of having, you know, a mastermind alliance and advisory board. You know to really talk through things before you you go through with them, right? Now, oftentimes, and it's almost inevitable, you're not going to take advice and you're going to do it anyway, and then you, you do learn the hard, hard way sometimes, right? So it's it's both. Like, yes, definitely try to avoid the uh, uh, the traps, you know, the mines in the in the land there, and and you can, but uh, but sometimes, especially if you're you know paving a new way, doing something that really not a lot of people have done before you know inevitably you're you the possibility of you tripping up is very real
0: yeah and if you can learn instead of burn right as the is the as i'm sure you're doing the play on words there that that's the ultimate uh, outcome and that's how you get better and grow from there one thing you did mention in the uh the workplace culture video that i did want to circle back on is you talked about because you've talked about leadership you've talked about mindsets um the importance of why all right When, when a leader makes decision, why is it really a big deal? So I will ask you why, why is why a big deal?
1: Well, that's to go back to like, what is, you know, what is, you know, the, 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 your, your core values personally, and how is that related to the business? Because if, if it's, if, you know, if it's not inspiring you personally to make a difference with your business, then you're, you know, you're going to lose interest. And you're going to make some bad decisions and it's gonna become about money. And then it's not very fulfilling anymore. Like, definitely make a lot of money. I'm not saying that like don't, but that shouldn't be the reason why you're in business. You know, I mean, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the goal is that you've taken, you know, your unique core values and created a business out of that. Uh, and so while you're making money, you're, you're, you're also um, feeling so fulfilled and so much joy uh, because, you know, you are in your zone of genius making a difference in the world. And, uh, and that's when it all comes together.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, in Simon Sinek's book, Why, I think, captured the essence of that. And I I go back to that in my own life frequently. But that aspect, why, the whole reason behind it, if you can define that, I feel like you're so much more effective in what you're trying to accomplish, um, for sure. The Gonzo experience. So you've talked with a lot of great people, like you talked about Ed Milette, Grant Cardone. You've had some great conversations. What are over the last several years, maybe a couple of conversations, stories, anecdotes, things that have stood out from all of those conversations combined? Well,
1: you know, there, there's a, a, a common genre of my podcast where every entrepreneur will share their journey, uh, and share the reason the book came out of crash and learn is because I would ask people, please share your crash and burn story, or I would say crash and almost burn because they were still in business. Yeah. And inevitably like everybody had one, like, oh my God, which one do you want? You know? And, uh, so they would shit. So then, and that became like what I would hear people say about my podcast that they like the most was those stories, right? So, you know, I've learned that while, you know, a lot of, you know, very successful people uh, look great on social media, look great at the magazine covers, like they all have their story. You know, we talk about Ed Milet. You know, Ed Milet, you know, he uh, went bankrupt. And was living in a hotel room with his wife and they got the water shut off because he didn't have any money. He had to like, you know, bathe in the pool. Right. And now he's like worth five hundred million dollars. Right. So he's doing okay. Yeah. Yeah. He'll (laughs) make it. He can pay his water bill now. Yeah. He could pay like maybe all of California's water bill. But uh, (laughs) yeah. But uh, but, you know, so the takeaway is that, you know, to embrace, you know, your um, your stumbles. Uh, and, and use them as lessons, not only for yourself, but to help other people as well. Uh, and to know that, um, you know, this is a Tony Robbins quote, like if you are like, if you are a hundred percent committed, you will always find a way. And that's really important to remember. And, and uh, many of the entrepreneurs that I interview, you know, when they had these struggles, they, they didn't, you know, consider anything else, but continue along the path of getting back on track. Uh, so the perseverance, the endurance, the fortitude, even when like they were paralyzed by fear and, and anxiety, uh, you know, continue to move forward. One of my favorite quotes, but by, uh, by Winston Churchill, is when you're walking through hell, don't stop.
0: I feel like we should really have we could have an entire episode <laughs> dedicated to Winston Churchill quotes, and it would it would be absolutely incredible. Is that the goal for uh, the Gonzo experience? So you've rebranded your six years this year into it just to keep on walking, keep on interviewing? Is that the other future plans for where you're taking it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, I love it. Um, you know, I, I I love doing my podcast. I love doing it with Utopia. Um, you know, I have the, you know, please make it stop ADHD entrepreneur brain. And so I'm, I'm always like weekly, if not daily, coming up with new ideas that, you know, I, that on Tuesday, I'm super excited about. And I think I'm the next Amazon. And then, <laughs> you know, by Friday, I'm like, Yeah, that was kind of stupid, you know, so I have to really kind of like write these down, sit with them for a while, filter them and then decide what I'm going to do, you know. So uh, and, uh, you know, it's like, please make it stop. But, uh, yeah,
0: (laughs) I love it. All right. So let's uh, let's start to wrap with the lightning round here. Then three simple questions that, you know, take 30 seconds, uh, you know, no more than a minute just to kind of respond with the first thing that comes top of mind here. Uh, And we kind of danced around this already. Earlier in the conversation, but first one: What's the mindset that you would attribute your greatest successes to? What mindset have you developed?
1: I say optimism. Love it. Yeah. Yeah, just positivity and optimism. Sometimes uh, unfounded, blind, but you know, not everything works out. But you keep it moving forward again. So
0: and it and it comes through just in the conversations. There's just just positivity there. It's it's infectious. Top three habit that you've really benefited the most from?
1: Um every morning exercise for sure. Um, I would say reading and healthy eating. Oh, actually, I put sleep on there too. I'm a sickler about sleep. Definitely gotta get my six to eight hours a night and naps on the weekends. Naps on the weekends.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tell me what that's like offline here, because I've I've got no three kids. Young kids, uh, they nap. We don't. And then if we try, they don't. So it's this kind of unspoken rule here. And then the one that honestly gives guests probably the most uh, pause, what song have you been playing the most over the last 12 months?
1: For some reason, I'm really into uh, Bruce, Spings, Bruce Springsteen's uh, Out in the Street.
0: Okay. Nice. Yeah. that's uh, He hasn't been mentioned yet. So there you go. It's, a, it's one for Bruce. Very good.
1: Yep. I love Bruce. I love I, I love all of Bruce, but especially like his older stuff, stuff from the seventies. Just incredible.
0: Yeah, he's got some great ones. All right. Well, Dave. So people want to learn more about you. They want to learn about Utopia. They want to read your book. How do you, How do people engage with you? Where do they find you?
1: Two websites. You know, dot com and then Utopianetwork.com. And again, Utopia is Y O U. Um, And they can email me, David at DavidMamano.com, M-A-M-M-A-N-O.
0: David, it's been an absolute pleasure. So many great uh, thoughts here, takeaways for, for everyone, definitely for myself. So have a wonderful day. Thanks so much. Thank you, John. Take care. Thanks for listening to today's show. I'm sure you've got some takeaways, and I hope you're feeling inspired and ready to change. Shameless plug here. If you did enjoy the show and are looking for a way to express the gratitude, I'd be incredibly grateful if you left a review. Five stars is ideal, not gonna lie, and four stars would work too. If we're looking at three stars or below, maybe take a pass on the whole expressing gratitude thing. All right, enough of the nonsense. Remember, investing inward starts with creating new mindsets which empower you to live differently. So get out there and go become the person you're designed to be.